You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. Uh, this week, I am joined by privateers. Are you president, chairperson? What's your official title? <laughs> I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, yeah, technically president, but we don't make a big deal of titles. Uh, there, there are 10 of us on the exec, and they all, we all work together on stuff. Okay, so yeah, so um, kind of president, uh, James Covey. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, bud. <laughs> Thanks. It's great to be back, Anthony. Appreciate uh, you having me on again. Yeah, buddy. It's, uh, it's, we had um, a bit of a, uh, a letter, I guess, uh, from David Klanikin, the uh, CPL commissioner uh, about the state of play for the new season so um looking at it yourself i know you're an expert at reading between the lines and these things uh, <laughs> what, what did you make of it yourself oh i just think they were really uh hoping and planning to uh to tell us a bubble location on saturday and once things when you know this is again once again reading between the lines but i don't see another way to interpret it um you know, when it became clear that they, they, they didn't have the location stuff totally nailed down, they decided to go a day early and more low-key, um, which is, in my mind, what that was. So that was just, you know, to confirm to folks what, you know, we've been either hearing or guessing that uh, the season will start off with a bubble and as soon as they can, they'll transition to playing in, in actual um, home stadiums. Um so I would not be surprised at all if we saw that location announcement in days like this, this week. And, and, um, and in fact, uh, a couple of the articles that came out in the Chronicle Herald in, uh, well, yesterday, um, more or less uh, nodded in that direction that we could, we, we should have that announcement or could, could very well have that announcement in, in the next days this week. Yeah, I, I know that the uh, there was some rumors, and I think Derek Martin had mentioned themselves that Halifax was a, uh, a location that was being talked about. But obviously, we've had a spike, and we're back in lockdown. So, do you have any? Do you think we'd be heading back to PEI? Does that seem like the safest spot right now? I I, I kind of doubt that that would actually, unless it was a matter of. Um, other locations fell through and they felt like they could make that happen in a hurry because precedent. Um, but um, I mean, I just put my <laughs> pretend I'm pretend I'm the league exec hat on. Uh, Soon. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would, uh, I, I would want to go to a new location again. Um, um, I, I think international, I, like I gather they had offers of international locations, but at this late date, that's, that's probably off the, the the table, I would guess. Um, but it seems like a great opportunity to kind of go plant the CPL flag in yet another location and just, you know, try to get the most out of a difficult situation. Um, you know, this uh, seemingly credible Newfoundland rumor um, came out a few days ago. Um, um, in my mind, that's, that, that would be a great solution. Um, I'm sure they ha they've got other um, locations in, in, in view as well. Um, um, I would say, <laughs> not that you know, we would actually get to, to go to St. John's to, to see this, but uh, 
wouldn't it be great to have all those games happening at uh, King George V Park um, where Canada qualified for our only World Cup appearance? And uh, yeah, I guess I'm giving away my age when <laughs> I say this. We were, I was, I was uh, 16 for that. So I was at a pretty impressionable age to take that in. So anyway, the, um, that that would be awesome, and and of course, uh, King George V is uh, uh, artificial um, surface, so uh, could take the pounding of having you know matches every day or whatever. You noticed in the article in the Chronicle Herald that uh, really Halifax is kind of off the table, and in, in, in Derek Martin too from um, from a eight team bubble because it would just be too much punishment uh, on the natural surface at, at, at the grounds. Uh, it looks like, I mean, we, I think we'd heard, I, I can't even remember where we, we heard this now, but at some point it bubbled up. That, uh, it might've even just been comments that uh, Derek made at, at uh, one of the, one of the pub um, meetups, but it seemed like uh, the double bubble <laughs> solution was, was looked at at one point with, uh, with uh, two uh, four-team bubbles. So, um presumably the the grounds could could maybe handle that but that seems to be off the table at this point they're looking at single location um and then they also said single table format which i think kind of confused things a bit because a lot of people take that to mean no playoffs but it's clear that the league is actually looking at at, at playoffs still so now i think what they what they meant by single table format is we're just not seeing multiple stages like we did for the Island games last year or, you know, split season like we did in 2019. It'd be one season um, with, with uh, one, one season, one table with some sort of playoffs yet to be stipulated at the end of it. Yeah. I, I actually, um, I was one of the uh, fools, I guess, who thought it was just going to be one table, top team wins it. So I guess there is going to be playoffs. <sighs> the thing for me with playoffs is, is that like the team who comes top of the league always kind of has a, a complaint. I know that, that Calvary were kind of complaining mm-hmm. in the first season. And stuff like that. <laughs> but I, I, for me, like the best news out of all of this is for the players, especially, is that we're going to have 28 regular game, um, a regular game season. So that's that's fantastic because I know. I mean, like the players have, it's been almost a year since they've actually been able to kick a ball in anger. So, I mean, that's great news for them. But uh, I know that Derek had mentioned that we might see games in July. So do you think that's a possibility with the way that things are right now in, in, in Nova Scotia? Uh, it's a little, it's a little hard to see that at the moment. Um, just, you know, from a, <laughs> if I'm going to be, you know, person on the street <laughs> yeah. at this moment, uh, that's why you're here, man. That's why uh, you're here. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd lo- I mean, I'd love to, to see it, honestly. Um, you know, the sooner we can be safely be at the grounds for games, the, the better. And if it works out great. Um, um, but, uh, you know, I do, I do um, have you know great faith that we are going to be at the grounds sooner or later for for matches in some kind of reduced capacity situation. Yeah, I, I also think that um, like for the for the players, like I mean, like we, we still don't have teams in Ontario training right now. So I mean, I think this June thing is a bit optimistic. What, what do you think? Um, 
you know, it's kind of a patchwork right now in terms of how much training um, teams have been able to do. And of course, uh, you know, Wanderers were in training and now they're divided into their groups of four and, and, and so forth. So, uh, uh, I mean, it's always, to be honest, like, I don't see that as so unusual. Uh, have we, you know, where CPL has never been in a situation in the two years so far, and this would be the third where, there's been um, really meaningful, like early season friendlies for that sort of thing. So I think yet again, you know, players are kind of going to be thrown into it and probably see some, some bumpy first few matches and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think that's kind of unavoidable. Um, you know, maybe there's a, the, the, the dream would be to, to, to have a kind of, preseason rather than early season bubble somewhere warm (laughs) (laughs) you know where uh you know that would be the most pleasant way to 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 to, you know edge toward match shape you know but uh uh you know and we had something like that happen uh in 2019 obviously just uh, not really a formalized schedule or anything like that so um yeah, I, I, I think there's, there's there's definitely going to be some challenges to this year, and that is that is one of them. Like, I mean, look at the the huge advantage that Atletico Ottawa have right now. I mean, like they're playing preseason friendlies. They've got like top of the range um, facilities. Do you think that kind of puts them as the favorites because because they're going to have like they've been over there already like what over a month I think now like maybe like um you know it's great like in in my mind um it maybe helps take the edge off some of the disadvantages that team has right where they really haven't had the same um they certainly kind of came in in a very uh haphazard last minute way last year and I'm sure they've had more time since then to dig into recruitment and stuff. And obviously they've, they brought in some nice, some nice players, but um, yeah, definitely uh, like as yet an unproven commodity that, that team. And, and um, when you listen to pundits, much more expert than me (laughs) (laughs) kind of talk about it. Uh, No one is yet seeing them in kind of, you know, top four, contender status just based on the, 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 the personnel. And I don't know how many of those sorts of advantages or how, to what degree they can kind of overcome that, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, forge calves, um, wanders and, uh, Pacific as being kind of the, the cream going in. And, uh, uh in my mind, be very surprising if, uh, another, um, team kind of get into that top four though. Um, um, obviously not impossible because there's just so many variables in such a fluid situation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like obviously the wonders proved last year that I mean you can go from being uh, an outsider to uh, almost winning the thing. So looking at yep. obviously we obviously uh, we're from Halifax. Uh, you're the privateers. Uh, uh, president and stuff like that. So we need to take a look at the Wanderer. So we lost some players, uh, Chris Snow, um, Alex DeCarolis and, and uh, LBG. So what do you think of the recruitment that we've made and uh, how do you think we're looking going into the, uh, the new season? Um, I tend to think that we've done really well with that. Um, for one thing, um, 
well, uh, you know, we, we had recruited uh, Eric Santos last year, but weren't able to, to get him here for the Island Games. And I think he's going to be really key uh, just because he's not limited to um to playing center back so you know we've lost uh, a couple of players like more in the holding mid kind of category and and bring in jeremy you know, he looks he looks like a fantastic player um but santos being able to kind of spell off either center back or kind of come in and kind of a holding mid role which he's also experienced at um i just feel like that's that makes me feel kind of much more much more secure about uh about our our, our depth um so um yeah some 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 big losses but some really excellent players coming in and and the other thing um you know on the recruitment side series is um you know hearing really good things about out of the short camp we we did have about uh Salter and Karajovanovich. Um, uh, I think we're going to have more firepower up top. And presumably, you know, Rigi kind of coming back to what we really know he can be. And he definitely showed a thing or two at the games. But uh, uh, but we can, we can definitely, uh, I think, um, hope to see even more from him. So uh, I kind of like where we're positioned overall. Yeah, me too. I, I think um, having somebody to take the board and a little bit off, um, Akeem, Akeem, like like if he has an off game, we tend to be a little bit more in trouble. Um, and I think as well, you're, you're right. We had an overabundance of defensive midfielders, um, and I think that's. <clears throat> I I felt like Stephen was like trying to shoehorn people in to kind of give them a game because obviously LBG was a big name. Sissoko mm-hmm. had just played himself into to being like yeah. always there, and you can't drop Rampy because he's he's like one of our best players. So I think that kind of lessens the load on Stephen a little bit. And as you said, like if somebody does get injured. Uh, Santos kind of has that versatility so I think year on year it, it feels like the team is just becoming more and more versatile um, that we have players who can play in different positions um, but I'm I'm also really excited to see Rigi when he's like fully fit um, I think when I was talking to, to Joe like uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, he seemed really excited for him that like he's going to have a proper uh, season um, proper pre-season kind of uh, <laughs> so that's going to be yeah pretty incredible so, so so looking at the recruitment that some of the team like Calvary seem to have recruited really well uh, Forge have kind of brought Borges back and stuff like that so who do you think is going to be our biggest uh, our biggest rivals uh, this, this this year I, I think it's still Forge you know and it's funny because at the at the uh, at the supporters level it's very friendly <laughs> <laughs> rivalry, right? Like it's it's a funny thing how the you know the, the Wanderers supporters and Forge supporters have really sort of hit it off over the past two seasons. So it's a really it's a really fun rivalry to 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 have. Um, but yeah, they've um, you know they got Borges back in. Um, you know they did a great job of kind of filling the hole left by. You know David Edgar by by bringing in such an experienced uh, center back as they did. So uh, yeah, they they look very strong again. Um, yeah, definitely some interesting uh, acquisitions for for Cavs. Eh, like uh, yeah, um, uh, it'd be interesting to see what what Joe Mason does this year. 
um, um, you know, kind of had, <laughs> what does it mean to have a somewhat, you know, disappointing season in the championship, but like, uh, score a hat trick in the course of that. <laughs> I, I know. And then, yeah. And then come into CPL, which is, you know, our, the, the, the international recruitment partners of the league, uh, um, 21st club they kind of rate the level of cpl as being somewhere between like you know league two and national league in terms of um you know english equivalents or whatever so yeah and here we have this guy who's kind of proven himself you know at levels above that so uh, he's going to be joe mason's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch and uh um there's 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 definitely a lot to look forward to on that front yeah, I think that um, it's a great sign for the league that they're able to attract someone like that. You know, like he's he's twenty nine. It's not like he's in his late thirties and he's just trying to wind it down a little bit. Like I mean, he still has a couple if he stays injury free, of course, but he still has a couple of good years in him. So I think that Calvary just been kind of quietly just accumulating some some fantastic talent and I, I think Valor as well have kind of uh, slipped under the radar with some of the people that they brought in so it, it, overall like obviously we follow the Wanderers and we like and, and whatever but we're still fans of the league and to see that the, the league is still able to grow even through these tumultuous times it's uh it's really uh reassuring so just, just changing gears just a, a little bit um what's it been like for because you were talking about the fan clubs there. Like, what's it been like for you guys at the, the privateers uh, trying to get the fan club through all, all of this? Like, uh, what, what have you guys been able to do? What's the plans? Uh, you can just tell us a little bit more about that. I'd appreciate it. Uh, I would say there's a, you know, so there, there's definitely, there's always a, a hardcore of like several dozen people who are, you know, very into it no, no matter what. Right. And, uh, really that's that hasn't changed at all since a couple of years before the league even kicked off <laughs> right uh, uh so there's you know that that definitely keeps us on a solid foundation now like getting kind of bigger than that in terms of enrollment is so dependent on having days out at the grounds it it, it really is and uh, when we had those two viewing parties last year um we saw our enrollment you know tick upwards again um, so, uh, a, a big part of what we do is match day preparation. Um, our biggest single budget line item is smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a, there's a piece of the supporter experience that goes missing when there aren't live, live matches, you know, you can't, you can't get away from that. Um, but you know, a lot of the relationships have really stayed solid and, and, you know, all still in touch with each other. And, and um, you know, it, what has remained true is a bunch of us have really made a whole bunch of new friends through this whole uh, supporters journey. And, uh, you know, that hasn't changed a bit. And that's, that's basically what it's all about really, isn't it? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, making new friends and being able to go and see a game together. So I know there's an AGM coming up pretty soon. So what can we expect from the AGM? What's, what's the, what's the plan? <laughs> you know, I, I keep, I keep hoping for a really definitive uh, announcement <laughs> from the, from the league in advance of, of the AGM to kind of help us focus a bit on, on expectations. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 I think, so a thing that we did, 
you know, partly because we didn't spend any money on smoke last year, uh, was that with the 20, 2020 memberships, we just extended them through to 2021. So, you know, not charging people for a second, second round when, I mean, it's a very small membership fee anyway. Uh, but yeah, well, it, it'll be our, our usual business on kind of reporting on, um, you know, where we're at with, with finances, what we plan to do, you know, this year and, and, um, you know, trying to, uh, um, pull the membership for, um, ideas about how to approach the season, which is really right now really hard because it's so kind of shapeless. Right. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, we'll, we'll, um, we'll take care of the usual business at the AGM with, uh, you know, electing, uh, five directors and, and, um, you know, doing the financial statements and report on membership and all that stuff. But, um, hope to uh, stir up some, uh, good, good conversation about what the, the, the supporter experience can, can be as the year rolls on. If people do, uh, and I highly recommend that they do, like they want to get a membership for, for this year. What, what do they, where, where do they go? And where are you guys on the social media stuff? Oh, we're, we're pretty easy to find pretty on, on, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where we're privateers, 1882. Um, um, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, ca on the web and we have our kind of membership forum on there and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're not, not too hard to track down. That's maybe that's the advantage of having 1882 in our name. There's yeah. a whole lot of competition. <laughs> <for those. laughs> so, so how much is the, uh... thank you. Uh, thank you, Andre Burke, wherever you are coming up with that idea. I love it. I love it. So, uh, how much, how much actually is the, is the membership fee? Oh, uh, we're still 10 bucks, right? <laughs> that, that, oh, yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's been so long since I thought about this. You're, you're... Yeah. You're the actual president, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, right? Yeah, well, I guess you can tell my 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 uh, focus isn't necessarily, uh, uh, you know, extracting funds from people. That's for sure. But well, yeah. I, it's it's totally worth it. It's a it's a it's a great thing to be part of. I, like I have my own membership, and I I definitely recommend anybody who's thinking of becoming a Wanderers fan to to get in touch and to get involved because. Uh, the, the the show you guys put on when we do have people at the grounds is incredible and it's definitely worth the 10 bucks to be part of it and as you said it's a great way to socialize it's a great way to meet new people and um yeah it's like this that's what this whole league is about you know like there's nothing nasty between the supporters groups there's a bit of jovial banter every now and again which is like which is good but there's nothing like kind of hardcore and i think that's a lot of people appreciate it when you kind of step back from the other teams that you support being able to like just have some fun and see the uh, the game grow here in canada for those that don't know uh james is of uh, italian heritage and he's fortunate unfortunate i'm not too sure what way you see it as being a roma fan um <laughs> so so we we share a common bond here that like uh as a Tottenham fan we've just had to endure uh 18 months of <laughs> the special one and now you guys are going to get uh stuck with them too so uh what what's your feelings on uh jose hitting uh hitting uh rome it's complicated <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I, you know, honestly, for the longest time, I, I just couldn't couldn't think of uh, of uh, uh, a manager I disliked more, right? And uh, um, you know that that moment when uh, the, 
last you know league league title that he won with with Chelsea, where the first thing he did was hold up like what was that his seventh championship at that point or eight? I forget how many, but but yeah, he like held up fingers to the camera or whatever. Like literally, the first thing on his mind was not that the team had won, but how many championships he personally had won, and that just. Uh, I'll never forget that. It just sort of says <laughs> everything yeah, about a person, it, what they true. do in the heat of the moment, you know. <laughs> but um, you know what? Um, watching watching um, um, the documentary series with with Spurs um, gave me, you know. Now, obviously, it's going to be a highly edited uh, presentation of what this guy is about, but it did give me an appreciation for his strengths, you know, and how he you know, how he does. This thing um, that I have never had before, and I'm not saying that you know suddenly I'm his like biggest fan or anything, but it it may come to a more rounded understanding of of, of the guy. I think, um, he, you know, he is um, he is uh, one of his areas of strength is really kind of tapping into the us against the world mentality, and I think that's going to go over big and and wrong, honestly, <laughs> like. There just isn't a more sort of, um, you know, passionate um, supporter base, in, in my view. I mean, obviously, Juve are bigger, but in a way, almost that kind of transcends um, supporter culture. Like, I feel that Juve are just more like a brand or something, and they kind of leaned into that with the whole Super League nonsense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, there. like... It's, yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, Roma still feel like an actual like club with like actual footy supporters. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. in in that sense, even though they are, yes, it is one of the twentieth biggest clubs in the world in financial terms. But but uh, just because of the passion of the the, the fans, it kind of has that vibe about it. And uh, yes, much like Spurs fans, you do also have to be pretty long suffering. <laughs> to, stay, we have a yeah, to stay on that ride we, we, we have a lot yeah. in common <laughs> yeah and, you know and, and also like i guess the other one one thing i'll say is that I'll, I'll, I'll you know in italy certainly hasn't um been forgotten how you know we, we did did the the triple with 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 inter and i personally will never forget the you know the the champions league semi or just really had one over on on Barcelona, just this all powerful team, and kind of put them in his pocket. And uh, so, um, you know, a lot of people saying now the kind of those days are gone, and uh, we're just watching a slow burnout. And that's maybe the most rational take on on um, where Mourinho's at in his arc. But um, maybe that adds a little spice to the whole idea of like, can he? you know, kind of rise to the top one more time. So there's, there's kind of that fun aspect to it too. Anyway, I don't know. Jury's out, man. Jury's yeah, out. But the murals I, are already on the walls in Rome. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so like the best thing he did when he was manager of Tottenham was to be part of that documentary because sports fans, obviously with the big Chelsea connection and stuff like that, like weren't his biggest fan to start with. And he kind of seemed a lot more human, a little bit more, you know, he was kind of, um, his team talks and all that kind of stuff um, really came across really well. And it was really well edited in for, from a Tottenham perspective. But the, the, the problem I find with him, um, apart from his tactics, is that he's now become so entrenched in his beliefs that he's taken it out on the players and he's thrown his players under the bus. And I, I think that's, 
that was the kind of the thing that pissed me off the most is that you know like Deli Ali, you know he came across in documentaries being this lazy guy you know you're fucking lazy blah 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 but he's still a world-class player as you've seen in his last couple of games and it's it's the coach's job to get to extract the best out of his players and Deli Ali is still one of the best players at Tottenham and I just think he just totally just thought it was easier to blame everything on Deli Ali and just throw him out of sight kind of thing and I, I think that's his problem is that and the same thing happened with United with Luke Shaw um, that he's not taking the burden himself anymore he's passing it on to the players and it's all their fault so looking at the, the Roma team I mean there's some people that are probably a little bit dead woodish that probably need to be like leave the club yeah, well, I was going to say, like, maybe the, the you know, it's it's likely the next thing that happens is a bunch of players are going to get thrown off the bus, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the, but then there's this open question of, you know, people are saying, okay, Roma didn't make uh, Champions League or even Europa League this, 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 this year, um, you know, budgets will be constrained, it's COVID. You know, there's some deadwood in terms of salaries. Like, there's there's a lot of financial challenges right there. But then at the same point, you've got these new like you know Texas billionaire owners, and the question is, how much are they they going to open the the coffers to 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 reboot this? Um, you know, I, I think that already like bringing in Mourinho is already a statement in a way because um, a lot of us feel that Fonseca did not do a bad job. Like in a massively injury plagued season, you know, Roma did kind of all right and um, not not where they want to be, obviously. But when you factor in so many injuries. Um, it, it kind of the team kind of landed in the table where you might predict not above but not below, and uh, Fonseca handled the notorious like high pressure world of of the the, the fans and supporters in in Rome with all kinds of class. Um, so it, you know, it, in, in my mind, kind of the conservative choice would have been to keep him on and see how he could do with like a couple couple new players and maybe fewer injuries in a season and yada yada right um so to kind of bring in Mourinho pretty aggressive move and it makes me think well you know maybe they're going to spend for a couple players too I mean you would naturally think that yeah let, let's uh, like you know uh, I think having a strong Roma team it makes the it makes Serie A a better league all around so um, let's hope that's the case and we might see some uh, new players hitting hit Rome. So before I let you go, um, you're, a couple of weeks ago, unfortunately, you got your asses kicked by Manchester United in the Europa League. But um, the weekend made up for it, I, I feel, because uh, you won the uh, the Rome Derby. So uh, how are you feeling after that one? Um, well, obviously that felt good, especially if 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 Checo's leaving us. What a nice final home match, right? Even though, um, yeah, it, it was a it was a better note to end on. And I think Fonseca deserves that. I will say that I, I, I feel like the Lazio didn't really turn up in a way they were capable of. And I, I feel like a derby win means more if you really have to fight <laughs> to, 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 to get it. Um, but uh, I don't know. Lazio didn't really show a lot 
um, to me. Um, so, you know, I was just, I was in a way it was, it was, it was nice to have a win and not a nerve wracking one. I'm so used to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so used to the Derby being an absolute grinder of the nerves, you know, but, uh, but, uh, felt pretty, felt pretty good about that. And, you know, the big losses in Europe, uh, that happens to us every, uh, every few years we get bombed out by Bayern a few years back. And that was that, that was a psychological blow to the team that lasted for years. I actually don't think that the United loss will have the same effect, partly because we gave us pretty much as good back in the second leg. Um, and also just because of the, the, the overall situation, I don't think the team, you know, the supporters will feel as bad about it as they did about that, that, uh, Bayern flame out. So um, I expect the team to bounce back next year. It's another thing we have in common. Uh, Tottenham got their asses kicked by Bayern a few years ago, and I think that led to the demise <laughs> of uh, our good friend Pochettino. So I, I just want to thank you for hanging out, man. It's been great, like getting your your thoughts and opinions on where the league is going to be. Uh, just want to say congratulations to uh, Jacob uh, Schaffelberg on his uh, first MLS goal, which was incredible. Things are looking great for Canadian football. Like we had a, a Atiba and a Kyle winning the the Turkish league. Scott Arfield won. The Scottish League and who was the other one? I'm, 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 obviously Alfonso won with Bayern. So uh, don't I mean, forget uh, Ritz or Belgrade, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, our, our keeper. Yeah, and then uh, and then we might have a uh, incoming one with Jonathan Davis. So it's a great time for Canadian football. Uh, let's hope we Truly. get to see each other at the uh, the grounds and have a beer. And I might have two little bottles to enjoy with me at that stage. So uh, you can hold one. So James, thank you so awesome. much. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you at the AGM. Great talking to you. It's to see you, Anthony. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.